We just don't know what we're going to do, what we're going to do. And suddenly Bazana says, well, do you mean you want me to kill him, sir? While Bill said, well, we're not saying that. And they never do. You never put this in writing. We're not saying that, but something's got to be done. I'll leave it to you. Okay, right. guys. Welcome back <laughs> to the Grand America Show. We are going to be chatting with Robert K. Wilcox a little bit later about uh, his book, Trying to Kill Patton. Uh, which is like a spy novel. That's uh, not. I don't think that's the book's name. If you well, know. that's not the book's name. No, I'm not naming ah. the book. I'm just saying what it's about. Target Patton. Target Patton <laughs> was the name of the book. Thank you, Michael. Trying to kill Patton. The book. Trying to kill Patton. <laughs> it's uh, well, I mean, actually, it was tried a few times, so it, he could have named the book that. I never even heard that shit before until I stumbled upon something on Twitter, and uh, it was a thread. I fell into these threads on Twitter and there was like 30 threads on these, this little like plot to assassinate Patton. And I was just caught up in it on my, when I was out for lunch for work one day, I got wasted my whole lunch reading this thread. And then uh, at the end, it talked about Robert K. Wilcox mentioned it was from his book. So tracked him down. He's more than willing to come on the show. Awesome. Yeah. And then Darren finally told me, and then I was like, no, actually, I probably just looked and goes, what's this about JFK? I thought it was going to be about JFK. So I downloaded the audiobook Target Patton, and it was awesome. It was like a true-life spy novel. Like, he had, he had a lot of background stories in there about the people that were going to kill him, like the people called the Jetbirds, I think, which was named after, the, like, a Scottish elite like task force way back when, and these guys would go over the enemy lines and, like, just three, three, three guys in a little group, like, just three of them. To, to make ruckus on over the enemy lines and uh, fascinating stories. The main character, like his shoot, uh, he got messed up in his shoot and it ripped uh, ripped his leg open right to the bone. And he just, he's just this brute, right? He's like, I'm not telling anybody. So he just, st- oh, just what was his name up. again? I forget his name. Wasn't that in the original Rambo? Bassano. They took they Rambo is like, probably based on Bassano. Uh, this yeah. motherfucker's real. Oh, he's a yeah, he's, he's real. real dead now, but you know, back in the day, it's probably something else. His name was Bassano. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just yeah. parroting what he says. So and I he wouldn't tell. He wouldn't tell. Like he just called and said, "We've landed. Like everything's okay." He wouldn't tell them that he was injured because then he'd have to go back. So he's continuing his mission right behind enemy lines and all that. Oh, it was awesome. Awesome story. It's hard to parrot grandma names and stuff sometimes because it's like. Well, more than one occasion, I've been scrambling to get the art remade at the last minute because the guest name has been spelt wrong in the show notes. No, or it's just been spelled right point in that the show I check notes notes. and somebody check else notes. has spelt it wrong. Or it's been spelt wrong in the calendar to begin with. <laughs> 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 if you really want you to cannot, You cannot count on the fucking calendar <laughs> invite for the guest spelling. I expect you to do some research. That's all let's I just do is not, do research, okay, but it, let's starts, do this. it, it let's say, starts with that. Let's say well, if you're starting on, it off, why don't you start you're it right? You're responsible for guest name spelling. Okay. Okay. Fine. We have an accord. Fine. I'm just happy you put shit in the calendar, so I'm not going to complain about the spelling. I put it in the right calendar, too. 
This guy's using the iTunes calendar still. We haven't used it for like a year and a half. And then, and I'm making, I'm, I'm booking shows. And he's like, you just booked over two of my shows. <laughs> They're in the calendar. And I'm like, oh, he's like, I'm not canceling again. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm going through the calendar. I'm like, there's nothing here. And then I even go, he's like, check the iTunes calendar. So I go in my iTunes calendar. There's nothing there. They're just in his iTunes. I calendar. show him, and it looks like Darren's checked off. He's green. He's checked it off. Like he's accepted it. False. Some other Darren's trolling you. I have found that the Apple Calendar doesn't sync like it should. It's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's really tough. I like the, I like the Outlook one. It works great. Yeah. We just got to get on the same page. We are now. We Again. are same page. It's only been like three hundred and sixty-five episodes. This is episode 365. So, I mean, by 400, we'll have it figured out. Actually, this is 366. Oh. That's a lot, eh? What's going to be 369? Your mom. We don't know. Oh! <laughs> sorry, I couldn't resist. All right. That was terrible. I'm sorry. I'm sure your mom's sweet lady. <laughs> it's just not. We should do it now just to bug Mike, okay? We should. Really... We should... <laughs> Mike, Mike, check on our new app. It's your mom. <laughs> Good luck finding it. <laughs> I've bumped into her at conferences before. Oh no, no, that was your uh, your wife's mom, right? Yeah, that would count. I guess that's true. I could. I, I could, can't protect them all. I could line that up. I could set that up. Love a show about Michael. So we should introduce. How you been, buddy? Myself, and Not you haven't done yourself? your normal, oh, like people are oh, going to be. We got Graham here. That's it. Graham. Oh, that's that's your big introduction? Don't well, look at my fucking Tommy. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're, you're deciding whether to do a fat joke or not. I can tell. I was checking to see if He's I can like, get away with. He's like, I was checking I was, to see if I can get away with beefcake. <laughs> if you're my chubby, God. I can't <laughs> say beefcake. Graham, beefcake done oh, There you go, buddy. Well, I had one planned out, but I forget what it was. No. Too chubby is not beefcake worthy? No. I have to be fit for beefcake? Yeah. Okay, I'll get fit. You're wearing short shorts. You're feeling it? I have to wear shorts in the sweaty studio because I'm sweating right now, literally sweating. I had one for you. Yeah, I know. I was, we need air conditioning money. You need one of those yeah. Dyson things. Those are really nice and they're quiet. We could yeah, run and the it's AC. fluffy. It's fluffy uh, air, too. It's not yeah. like hard air. It's just yeah. like it kind of like a, a, a light breeze. One of those would be perfect in here. It's Dyson though. What's that like? Fucking three grand? No, it's no, a couple no, hundred no. bucks. Yeah, yeah, a couple hundred bucks. We, we can get one of those. Support the show. GrandMarket.ca slash support. Uh, yeah, we got Michael here too. Michael, Mike, welcome, welcome to the show, back. Michael. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah, it's nice uh, to be here and see it all going. He's uh, one of the captains of the chat. Chat say. captain. He's in the chats lately a lot. He kind of comes and goes sometimes. I think, but you've been in there for a while now. Eh? Yeah. Pop are you number there. two in the chats? No, no. I think no you are. No. I think Ryan's number in there one. All night long. I can't compete. You, Ryan, and T Bone are like the top three. Well, and, and, uh, Ryan's actually AI, so it doesn't count. <clears throat> Ryan's not AI. I met him. No. no I met him. No. He might be a no. little autistic. Sorry, Ryan. But uh, it's a Patsy. You met a Patsy. There's no way. Really? Barrett, Barrett's in the chat slots, too. Who? KW Barrett. Yep. How did that come up? He's oh, for rankings? No, he's not up there. Because <laughs> we're talking about it? <laughs> he's not uh, He's not close. Here we go. T-Bone's number two. Yep. Where's I want to know where Truffaut is. So what we're talking about is our Discord chats for the show. It's a perpetual chat room. 
perpetual chats. And it's, I can't keep up my, I go in there sometimes I go, I flip back a little ways and I make a comment on that, but then I can't stay on it long enough to see a lot of the answers, but well, you guys are talking about some interesting like, shit in there. It's really, it is. That's why you need the sub channels. Who's, who's arguing that? No, that's what it always comes up that there's too many channels. But that's, that's why I like, thing, I think. that's like the, um, the, uh, pyramid stuff and all that stuff goes in the sub channel so that when I go there, there's like 12 new messages instead of like 600. It's true. Cause on discord, there's really no way without the extra channels to put things in folders so that you can find them. So yeah. the channels are more so like if you have something about pyramids, put it in the pyramid folder. That way we can find it. That's right. Yeah. Cause yeah. I, cause, cause I can't keep up with show even like that. I, I can't keep up with about. Congress. I, you know, I can't go. Congress is way too, but way I'm just a right. troll. Like you're number three. I'm just, yeah, I'm just, and you came in late. What do you mean? You're just a troll. I just, I only post things so that I can, when I scroll back, I can see where I posted that way. I know where to start reading again. So a lot of things are just totally on the fly. Just like I got to post some some, markers. I got to post some shit here just so that I a bunch of shit in a row. So you can easily see it when you're flying through, but I can't keep track of it. Sometimes it's 300, sometimes it's like 300 posts a day. And like you said, it's deep stuff. I'm not following. So this is where you late, late, like you've come across something you want to read later. So you just post it in there. No, 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 no. What? (laughs) It's the channels. (laughs) The channels, if you put things in there, that yeah. so then we can more easily find right, it. That's right, what I'm right. saying. Oh, okay, yeah. But to go into Congress and say, you know, like, take this to another room or something, I can understand if you're having an argument and it's just kind of- I just say take off. it to the argument room. Yeah. Other than that, true. I don't give a fuck what you're posting. Do we Congress. have an argument room in there? Yeah. We have a bickering and squabbling room. Nice. Yeah. Because I, no one wants to see you guys fucking fighting. So just take it. If you're fighting- Sideline it over to the bickering you and arguing called it room. Bicker and argue, and then the people that want to bicker and argue about who killed who. It's bicker, bickering and squabbling. I know what that's not. Bicker. The Holy Grail is bicker and argue. I haven't seen the fucking who. Holy Grail. All right, I seen it once. Yeah, you have. We it? watched it on mushrooms. <laughs> yeah. I was gonna say I seen it once, and I wasn't <laughs> and really. Michael, had to, Michael <laughs> happened to be there too. Yeah. Um, but I don't really remember. Well, we were on mushrooms. Yeah. So grammarica.ca slash chat. Probably not the best show to watch them. I maybe maybe some of it would have rang true, but you weren't really getting it. Rang true? We, what is this nineteen twenties radio? We uh You got them We talk about that. <laughs> Us Grail fans talk about that. You can watch it with people and they just don't they just don't doesn't resonate, they don't get it. It's like what is going on? Yeah. Meanwhile, we're no laughing sense. at every scene. It really was made for like fourteen year old boys, I think, really. That's how old I was when I watched it. Yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah, I didn't really get it then either. So like the when chat. you're 34, it see, just I don't make think so. Sense. I don't think so. I think it was got it's got way more of a deep uh, comedy to so that it. That means your like inner child is alive and well. Didn't they just think? Yeah, <laughs> Monty Python. It's great. So it join the chats. America.ca slash chats. Stop on by. 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 Ryan the bot is all in on uh, Holy Grail. He's a Holy Grailer. There's a lot of us. Uh, so what do you got? What do you got for me? Yeah, I never quite memorized all the Holy Grail stuff. I was more into like Eddie Murphy Raw at the time, and I had that entire thing, that monologue memorized. I've seen every Gilligan's Island a bunch of times. Yeah, Little Boy Blue. What? <laughs> that was Andrew. I know, I'm just kidding. Totally. 
It was uh, G.I. Joe in the water. That was Eddie oh, Murphy, man. right? Yeah. Hey, have you so, gone to the funny P.O. box lately? Uh, uh, not lately, lately. A few days ago? No, I haven't gone in quite a while, actually. Because hmm. someone sent some, some Moai ice cube trays. Oh, nice. Yeah. I'll have to go check it out. You make some ice. Uh, we had some from years ago, aren't they on the wall here somewhere? There they are there. That's why I asked. Someone asked, did you get the Moai ice cube trays yet? And I said, you mean like from three years ago? <laughs> and he's like, no, from like a month ago. And I was like, no. Unless those are them and they fell into some sort of weird time loop. Maybe. Because it came from Australia. That plane and Lost was going from Australia too. That's more probable. I agree. That's actually this. I went there pretty quick. I can never find the... Profound quote of the week. Oh, fuck. I forgot that jingle cut off. I didn't fix it. Okay. I, I have an email. I'm not going to read the whole email, but somebody did. He had some suggestions about the quote because he misses the UFO quote. So uh, even if we're not quoting. Okay, <clears throat> wait. I want to play the whole jingle because I feel bad that it got cut off two weeks in a row. Yeah, but they just disclosed the text. It's the profound quote of the week. I really like this jingle. It's good. Darren, can you guess it? It's the profound quote of the week. I haven't guessed one in about a month and a half. Can you guess the human who spoke it or wrote it down? Profound quote of the See, it's awesome. He's the, he's suggesting that we call it the the unidentified famous opinion, so it can still be the UFO quote, mm. and just we relabel it because he bad. loves the jingle, the old jingle. And that's a good point. Which old jingle? Oh, the UFO jingle, like the the profound UFO quote of the week. Jingle. That one. Going deep. Well, I don't know. Yes, or it must be. Yes, yes, yes. Not yes, the. Yes. Uh, Cause then there's that old one. That's too. the one. I deleted the old one. I'm probably pissed. I stopped it. <clears throat> anyway, carry on. So I picked this one out for Robert K. Wilcox. It's a CIA document, ten thirty five dash nine sixty, and it starts with three action. We do not recommend that discussion of the assassination question be initiated where it is not already taking place. Where discussion is active. Business addresses are requested. A, to discuss the publicity problem with and friendly elite contacts, especially politicians and editors, pointing out that the Warren Commission made as thorough an investigation as humanly possible, that the charges of the critics are without serious foundation, and that further speculative discussion only plays into the hands of the opposition. Point out that parts of the conspiracy talk appear to be deliberately generated by communist propagandists. <laughs> Urge them to use their influence to discourage unfounded and irresponsible speculation. And then B, to employ propaganda assets to negate or refute the attacks of the critics, book reviews and feature articles, and particularly appropriately for this response, the unclassified attachments to this guidance should provide useful background material for passing to assets. Our ploy should point out as applicable that the critics are 
one, wedded to theories adopted before the evidence was in, two, politically interested, three, financially interested, four, hasty and inaccurate in their research, five, infatuated with their own theories. In the course of discussions of the whole phenomena of criticism, a useful strategy may be to single out, single out Epstein's theory for attack using the attached Fletcher article on speculator piece for background. So let me get this straight. The CIA wants to make conspiracy theorists look crazy because they're wedded to and infatuated with their theories. Are you reading, just reading the book now? <laughs> yeah, I'm just reading the book now. Okay. When did you start reading the book? Just then. Okay. Yeah, that's from the Octopus of Global Control by Charlie Robinson. Is it the guy that Tom Hanks played in the movie JFK? Yeah, probably. I don't know. I haven't seen that. I was trying to figure out what his name is, but he might just be a fictional dude. That would be a good uh, model for a podcast if you just followed that and basically tried to use that against them. You know, you just, I don't know, as you were reading it, that's what I was thinking was that would be a fun cast to do. If that was your model that you followed was just that right there. Who was it? Gary Getzman? It wasn't, there wasn't a name to it. It was just. Well, let's just say I got it. It was from the paper, right? Okay. That CIA paper that I mentioned at the beginning. Oh, that wasn't just a quote? No. We're just not. It was just... a segment from a paper. Oh, that's not fair. Uh, it reminds me to... of the quote. It reminds me of the, the white paper I read from. Uh, how, how am I ever going to guess that? From Cass Sunstein in the Black Budget episode about conspiracy theories and how what the government's supposed to do with them, right? Infiltrate or deny it and how they. How they're supposed to think about well, just that. calling them theories is perfect, you know, because that pretty much gives you no, um, you know, unless you have credentials behind you and you've gone only down that one thing, nobody's going to listen to you. You know, these are just theories. Yeah. And then when they get proven true, they're just like, well, of course, you know, well, of course that's how it is. <laughs> yeah. You know, like the UFO thing, like if this tech actually gets patented to where then nobody can really utilize it, but they've, they've disclosed that we use the EM drives and tech, you know? So then all the UFO things that we've seen for the past 60 years, well, that was of course it just building that tech out. I mean that, that right there, it's done. The whole UFO thing is complete by saying that you can now release this tech and put the patents on it. What's that guy's name that's doing that? I'm sure you're paying attention to that, right? He is fucking clueless. Lou Elizondo? Uh, well, he works for the Navy, I think. Yeah, that's the guy. Yeah, yeah okay. Yeah. yeah, but he's he's the spokesperson, spokesperson for the thing. I mean, there's a bunch of scientists that are involved. And... Right, but there's one person that they have <clears throat> applying for the patents. Is that, isn't that uh, right? I don't know who, if that's the guy or not. <clears throat> okay, well, I'd have to look that up again, but that's kind of recent. Is it in your in folder in your chat? So. It's not like a link in your folder in the chats? No. Uh, maybe. Yeah. I think I posted it recently, <laughs> but I also did a big purge recently. So, yeah. Anyway, so that tech, you know, with EM drives, you can revolutionize everything, you know, or it could be locked up in a patent to where nobody can use, utilize that without paying the, who knows, millions of dollars to utilize the patent, right? So we could, could crowdsource either... it and then we'll open source it. So the patent law basically of this tech yeah, exactly. Is it makes it to where it could either set us free or imprison us, one or the other, depending on how it goes. Hopefully not the latter. Yeah. 
What's 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 the difference between whether they patent it and don't let it out or just not don't even disclose? Because then they've disclosed it, which is well, disclosing it just says that the tech is there. So all the UFO questions that you've had, this explains it all. Case closed, and we've had this technology for quite a while, and now we're willing to release it out into the public. So what's going to happen? Is it going to be to where everyone can just utilize? Like if it was open source. Then you would just post these things on a Reddit and say, there you go, build your own EM drives, you yeah. know, whoever wants to do it. But by patenting it, you may get to where whatever the price is that you, you want to charge for it. So, Why do you say EM drive as opposed to – because that's not super anti-gravitic, is it? That's just uh... – Well, that was the three – I think it was three patents. Oh, there's three different ones? Maybe it was five. Yeah. Let me look it up. That makes sense because there'd be different, obviously different technologies going Somebody on. Somebody in the once. chats probably has it. That's what the chats is for, right here. Come on, guys. No, no, that's good. Good luck, buddy. <laughs> the chats is basically a troll room. Uh, Curry's not far off. Uh, well, he's looking that up. slash support Graham was talking about his little cast Sunstein reading that he did there that we sat through. Um, I did some commentary, a little trolling, some late trolling. Uh, that was about a three or four hour hmm. read, I think, eh? It was a good, good, good uh, paper. And yeah, total. The last part was about an hour, I think. That's in the black budget. Of course, you get that black budget feed as soon as you head over to grindamerica.ca slash support and support the show uh, monetarily. Uh, you can do a one-time donation, but of course, we prefer... Actually, what we pretty do is you give a little one-time donation, start you off, catch you up, and then sign up for a monthly recurring donation. If you don't want to catch up, that's fine. We get it. Just sign up for the monthly recurring donation. We still love you. <clears throat> GrabAmerica.ca slash support. We got Patreon. We got PayPal. We got Stripe. We got people sending uh, cash and books from time to time, which I'm going to use to buy a fridge. And I used actually some of that to send Brad his cables back finally from CAC. Nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Maybe you should run that by the committee first before you go buying fridges and stuff. Can we buy a fridge sure. committee? Thanks. Good meeting. <laughs> Um, I got an email here to follow up on that I play jingle sure just a support jingle support it I don't know I can't look it up right now that's okay they forgot (laughs) hey check it out the guns are back baby don't forget to rate, comment, Sasquatch and subscribe to the Grindamerica Newsletter Bingo, bingo, social media jingle. I played the wrong jingle. <laughs> and we didn't even notice until it was over. <laughs> I don't even know which one I meant to play. Anyways, here's an email about the support. Hey, Darren and Graham, I just wanted to thank you for all the work you've put in over the years and the community you've helped create. You're one of my favorite podcasts around. I've listened to just about all of it, even the ramblings. That's what we're doing right now, which are just as entertaining as the show, IMO. Love the way you let the guests have room to talk and the real comments, questions, and critiques you have for them. Just switched my monthly from Patreon to PayPal to help you out with the fee percentage and bumped up by 50% to a sweet 666. I can't believe we haven't got to 1%. You are worth that and more. Support the show. Keep it up. Noah from Tennessee. Save Sasquatch. Get rid of the guns. Thanks, Noah from Tennessee. We got a little Sasquatch climbing up right here. I'll shoot his ass. 
Uh, I got the pistols back. Graham was anti-pistol. I said, fuck it, put the pistols back on the wall. Um, what else you got? Uh, if we have time, I got <clears throat> I got some stuff to talk about. Some big pharma propaganda bullshit. Yeah, we got about... Uh, I want to know what Michael yeah, thinks about time. this. Michael was, just talk, Michael was just talking about pretty deep theory of, of uh, AI before we started recording. That Dyson thing is 750. AI. 750 bucks? Wow. I'm getting the jingles all messed up. I fucking nailed that. Or so, you expect me to play a different jingle just then? Did you see that article? What one would I play? We don't have a farmer jingle. That's true. Felix, get on it. You need I a vaccine jingle. Vaccine safety jingle. We don't pay for Maybe it can like... be the sound of... No, I won't even go there. No, you better not. Yeah, better not. Anti-extremism software to be used to tackle vaccine disinformation. Have you heard about this one? I think you must have seen that one. You sent it to me. Did I... Yeah, you didn't. So you didn't read it. I read That's that. That's how I know. I read the subject. <laughs> so there's a rede redirection tool that confronts anti-vax theories under development by UK's Moonshot. So this is the technology that used to counter violent messages online from Islamic State and the far right is being adapted to counter the spread of anti-vax conspiracy theories. Moonshot CVE, a company currently working in as many, many as 28 countries, used techniques to identify and intervene in cases of Internet users at risk of being radicalized online. Its technology has already been deployed to counter the KKK in the U.S. Well, because that's... So prevalent and ISIS the and, the far, and the far right in Europe. Can, can do Canadians. So get this. Moonshot's redirect method, which involves the use of online advertising targeted at Google and social media users searching for certain extremism linked keywords. It's now being turned to the problem of vaccine hesitancy. Google's getting uh, Identified, nationalized and turned into the Ministry of Truth. Oh, yeah, it's 100%. Identified by the World Health Organization as one of the 10 greatest threats to global health this year. What? Say that again? World Health Organization <coughs> says that vaccinations are the 10th leading cause. No, it's anti-vaxxers. Anti-vaxxers. Okay. Anti okay. Oh, okay. Okay. You guys. It, okay. Okay. Online okay, advertising okay. targeted at okay. Google and social media users searching for certain extremism linked keywords is now being turned to the problem of vaccine hesitancy. Does that mean I'm an extremist? Oh, you are. Yeah. I was just, you haven't, time. you haven't vaccinated your kids yet. You are. You are perpetrating the ten, one of the 10 greatest healths to global health this year. 10 greatest threats to global health this year. So are like eight out of 10 doctors and their kids. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And all the And elites. like nine out of 10 of the elite. <laughs> yeah. Two out of two are the parents in this room. So I guess the elite and the doctors, the medical system, that's all the extremists. I didn't say I was uh, not vaccinated. I was waiting. Jeez, it's brutal. If you wait a little bit, yeah, you don't have nearly the catastrophic repercussions that can happen when they're so young. So I've you been definitely have to links, inform yourself. I've been seeing links about the, you know, how we, in that vaccine safety episode we had and you were talking about the SIDS. Yeah. I've been seeing lots of people talk about that too. The SIDS has really only started since vaccines is 
mm-hmm. have been going and i i think in the in the future we're going to see major evidence that shows how how damaging these things are so that brings me to the next article that i wouldn't mind reading google has merged with big pharma to become its own pharmaceutical company have you guys heard about this what no. this is natural news so it's it's been already banned how would i hear about natural news i guess i have to go to the actual website now. you could talk into the mic so we well, could hear I'm you all fucking caught up well, here if you'd stop playing around and just pay attention how about you just day? read the fucking article you don't have to talk louder to make him talk louder <laughs> As you're probably aware, honest and accurate information about natural health and wellness is increasingly hard to come by on Google now that the tech platform is altering autocomplete results and even banning entire websites in an effort to prevent users from pulling up anything on the web other than big pharma propaganda. While it might appear that this is just another manifestation of big tech's collusion with big pharma, which has deep pockets and thus plenty of influence, the truth is that Google has actually morphed into its own pharmaceutical conglomerate which means it is now has a vested interest in censoring the truth about superfoods dietary supplements and other non-pharma approaches to healthy living that threaten drug and vaccine profits that's just gonna get worse as it's better oh yeah no and you saw that article that came out about the uh executives at um pushing the Opioids, $89 billion through that uh, time span. That's why U.S. soldiers are guarding poppy fields. So they can bring home and supply the street drugs for the people that get addicted to the legal drugs? They need the fucking right? poppy fields to make the uh, no. opioids, too. I don't think so. I think most of the Afghanistan no, are not, not the synthetic ones. It all goes to Europe, I think. A lot of our stuff comes out of Colombia. They were talking about something like 36 billion pills have come out of Afghanistan. So they do make pills out of the real poppy fields? Yeah, the good stuff. You don't want the synthetic stuff. So like Oxy's made from real poppies? I don't know about that. Well, what, I don't know which ones have about? real opioids in them. I think that just goes straight to the street. The, the no, no. Opioids no. have opioids in them. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Most of it's prescribed, I would say. Huh. I yeah. thought that was synthetic. By like three three families. It's not synthetic something. though? It's actually made from real poppies? Yeah, I believe like so. Like Oxy's made from real poppies? Mm-hmm. Okay, well, Darren searches out. I'm going to read the rest of this. As recently reported by Gary Null and Richard Gale, Google actually now has a pharmaceutical division that's headed up by none other than a former chairman. Oh, this is this. Oh, it's a little of both. Right? So Oxy, Oxycodon has only been around for about a century and is a man-made semi-synthetic drug, whilst codeine is a natural substance yeah. from the opium poppy. Yeah. So it's half well, and codeine. half. But I'd say... Well, uh, codeine's in oxy? No. Codeine's different. Codeine has... Codeine's different. Codeine is... It's hardly... Codeine's hardly a problem in society right now. It's yeah, not fucking saying. killing people. Morphine is a naturally occurring substance divided from the opium poppy plant. Heroin is processed from morphine. Fentanyl is one of the most powerful opiate-based painkillers. Like morphine. Da, 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 da. I was just talking to my friend who broke her arm. I think it was her arm, and the doctors were trying to get her on all this stuff, like fentanyl, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, so all that stuff's coming from And office. she's like, no, I don't want any of it. And they kept pushing. Oh, yeah. They push it pretty hard. 
The cash is at. So Oxy's not coming from Poppy's then. That's synthetic. That's the only one. Okay. Well. And actually it said semi-synthetic. Right. So that doesn't mean it's from, doesn't mean it's from Poppy's. It could be from something else. Well, it's derived and it's made up in the lab as to. Yeah. Yeah. It's probably made of oil. Ah, uh, here we go. Oxy, uh, uh, are semi-synthetic opioids derived from the opium poppy plant? Are they? Well, I don't know. Derived would mean they don't come from it, but they're based on it. Um, hmm. The product is regulated, consistent effect, consistent doses. Where's John Brisson when you need him? Yeah, he'd know that shit. <laughs> 100%. It'll be in the chats. <laughs> I reckon that's the SS chats. All right, that's good enough. Okay, uh, no, 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 no. Let me finish the article. The best part hasn't even I come didn't up think yet. I thought you are done. <clears throat> you bored me. <laughs> Triggers. So they now have their pharmaceutical division that's headed up by none other than the former chairman on global vaccine business for GlaxoSmithKline a multinational drug giant that has repeatedly been implicated for criminal fraud. As it turns out, Google's parent company, Alphabet, that's just classic, eh? has launched not just one, but two separate pharmaceutical companies in the last six years. The first was Calico, founded in 2013 and run by Arthur Levinson, a former CEO of Genentech, Genentech whose Richardson drug for lymphoma has been implicated in multiple patient deaths. Oh, boy. The second Google found this, this episode is going to be just, yeah. Sorry there, Robert Wilcox. Sorry, Robert, you <laughs> fucking blacklisted. <laughs> the second Google-founded pharmaceutical company is Verily Life Service, uh, Sciences. We've heard of that before. Previously known as Google Life Sciences, which we reported has released 20 million mosquitoes infected with fertility-destroying bacteria in the heart, into the heart of California. Oof, I haven't heard about that one yet. Anyways, they're actively partnering with other drug companies, including GISK, which is uh, GlaxoSmithKline, to create even more new drug companies, as well as new classes of drugs like bioelectronic medicines. And they hope those will become blockbusters that reap maximum profits. Google recently formed a $715 million partnership with Galvani Bioelectronics, as one example, which is being chaired by the same former chairman of the global vaccine business. It's not only Google today is not only a weapon for, for promoting the pharmaceutical agenda, but now also a drug company itself. There's big bold letters here. Google's president of customer solutions. Oh my God. Sits on Merck and company's board of directors. <laughs> like I still want to get that lady on. I read her book, some of her book a long time ago, like four or five years ago. No, maybe seven or eight years ago called uh, the flexions. And it's about the flexibility of all these people. It's like the revolving door from government to big, like the big corporations. Yeah, Flexians and, uh, and the media. Yep. <clears throat> and that's the manufacturer of the infamous MMR vaccine for measles, mumps, and rubella. That's mm -hmm. another big name in the drug industry that's similarly connected to Google. With Mary Ellen Coe, Google's president of Customer Solutions, currently also sitting on Merck's board of directors. Merck, as you may recall, is considered to be one of the big four vaccine manufacturers with a whole lot to lose when parents exempt their children from getting vaccinated. This would explain why Google, just like Amazon and many other tech platforms, has been censoring content that question, questions vaccine safety and efficacy. Yeah, so you just give those people a board seat. I would give someone a board seat if I wanted to influence their opinion. I'd pay them $500,000 a year. 
I don't know that it's about money. I think they have a longer game that they're trying to get to. They're trying to get, you know, to this. I think so. Incorporate now the Neuralink and all that kind of stuff. You know, did you ever see that one movie uh, where the guy uploads just before he dies, he uploads himself into the computer and then he's like in a server farm in Arizona or something. Yeah, that was good. And he's like, he's, he's turned everybody into zombies that work for him. And they're all like in the Neuralink, basically. I turn you into a zombie right away. This strategy laid out six years ago has picked up steam where, whereby now companies such as Google and Facebook have been absorbed into the pharmaceutical machinery. Oof. This dire, the dire results from this marriage are being felt as Wikipedia and other virtual social media become just another mouse mouthpiece for big pharma. Profiting from criminality, Google has already raked in more than $1 billion from illegal online pharmacies. Oof. In addition to becoming its own pharmaceutical conglomerate, Google has now been exposed as a co-conspirator in illegal online drug sales. So almost as a spoiler alert, did he say who and why Patton was killed? Like, was it basically the deep state rising? And, deep state, oh, baby. Dude. And Total it was, and it was this basically that he, Patton kind of stood against. Cause there was yes. an old guard, you know, back then they were, they truly were like Eisenhower. They, they wanted to do what was right. He was friends for with the Eisenhower nation. for a while, but he was, Eisenhower couldn't even control Patton. Apparently yeah. Patton was a loose cannon. He was going to loose he cannon. Wanted, just like this podcast, he baby. He wanted to, to attack the Russians before they got out of Europe. He was like, they're taking over Eastern Europe still. Should like he wanted, it, he, wanted he wanted to get them out He wanted to liberate all of Eastern Europe. Yeah. So he was just- Who knows what would have happened. Right? And Find so they it. were saying, no, we need these two things to fight against each other for the next 40, yeah. 50 hey, years yeah. so we can milk that. Yeah. We'll find out. Yeah. We'll find out here So in this a isn't that far off is my point. That's right. No, it's not that far off at all. We're going to find out a whole lot more right in a minute. Enjoy the chat. Robert Wilcox. Robert K. Wilcox with us. He's an author, a journalist, a screenwriter, an editor, a bunch of great books, a few of them on fighter pilots uh, from a few years back. And I think it's his latest book, but the one we're probably going to be most interested in and talking about uh, tonight is Target Patton, which was about the assassination plot of, of General Patton. So yeah, that's, uh, lots to talk about. Welcome to the show, Robert. Thanks for uh, joining us tonight. Thanks a lot. It's uh, really good to be here. Yeah, looking forward to chatting with you all about all this. Like I was mentioning, Darren's kind of the more of the World War II fan, but I listened to your book and it was uh, 
I mean, it was really enlightening for me, and I learned a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff from World War II. I mean, I think you'd really love it too, Darren. I mean, just get it's like a spy novel. It reminded me of like 007 of of uh, of World War II, that kind of stuff going on in the background, and then with uh, you know with the assassination plot of Patton mixed in there. I mean, just a fantastic job. So I really want to commend you on that. First of all, thank you very much. That was a thank World you. War II buff, just a, you know, originally on the. Like the old history, I don't know what it. I don't think it was history back then. You know, whatever preceded history on cable, but they always had the like six part or eight part World War Two epics. And I've been into World War Two for as long as I can remember. And then it was probably only since we started the podcast, or not long after that, that I started, you know, really going down some different rabbit holes on some different World War II narratives. But this is one that I haven't got to yet. But, you know, the one thing that's abundantly clear is that at that time, they could have basically fed us whatever they wanted to. <laughs> and we would have just bought it hook, line, and sinker, you know, which which really makes you wonder how much of every, you know, if now we know the news is fake, or at least most of us have figured that out. And it if the news is fake, then what's all the history like? And, and, you know, I think this, this book is kind of a little flavor of that. Well, I think, uh, that's very true, I guess. Uh, um, I, I, I think history is the same as it's always been. Uh, you're going to have these, uh, intrigues going on. Um, and, and during world war two, you know, everybody, I was born during world war two. My dad was in England. Uh, with the 8th Air Force, and they were bombing, well, they tried to, to bomb Germany, and what a story that is. The most horrible place in the world to be would be up in the air, uh, going over Germany and being attacked by German fighters, and you have no, you have no um, uh, defense. They're coming in, and they're just ripping you to pieces, and Anyway, that's what my father, he was not a pilot, but he was part of that. And uh, uh, everything was controlled, but it had to be. Um, uh, you're fighting a war. You don't want information to get out. So it's very, very controlled. So um, nowadays, there's so much information out, <laughs> but I don't know how much of it is true. Uh, we 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 I, I it seems to me that we're going through the same thing again uh and i brought it up just a second ago that uh, you really have to read books to to really get deep into what's going on how can we understand anything without doing it and yet that's being taken away today uh i'm a book writer and uh, i often find myself you know i i ought to be doing something else in terms of uh, of what my creativity is, which is, I, I love to do that. I love to write books, but, um, you guys are, are doing the new thing. And, um, uh, anyway, um, I must've gotten off on that, but, uh, uh, we're, we are, um, not getting all the information and you have to dig deep to get it. Yeah, that's what I was just going to say. Is we were talking, we were having that conversation about, you know, Twitter and headlines, and and to get to any real truth, you got to dig pretty deep, and it doesn't seem like a lot of people want to do that these days. No, they don't. It's just tweet something out, and uh, and I don't say that against uh, my president because he, that's a great way for him to 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 combat some of the bad stuff that they say about him, uh, but. 
Um, uh, you can't you can't understand something in a tweet. You have to really dig deep into it. And, you know, I'm a writer. Uh, and and the reason I wrote this story uh, about Patton and, and the assassination of Patton was I just looking for a good story. I'm not looking to persuade anybody <laughs> of any political thing. That's not my thing. I grew up as a journalist and it was exciting to me to be a journalist. I I could I could finally get into history and I could go out and, and meet people. And 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 I was a crime reporter and uh, you have you can only take about a year of that. And, and then you get so demented in, in your outlook at life of all the killings and everything else. But it teaches you. you we had hard uh, rewrite men and in the old days. You would phone. I worked for The New York Times. You would phone in. And this guy on the other end of the phone would say, yeah, what do you got? And I'd go, and I'm almost shaking, you know, and I'd give him the facts. I'd give him the, and if I got something wrong, he'd say, what are you talking about? How could that be? And so you learned to do things correctly. You learned to get the facts right. And I'll tell you, when I was, uh, when I was in the newspaper business, we would cut off our arm rather than not give both sides. They don't do that anymore. They don't. They give you one side, and that's it. That is anathema to me. So anyway, I I, I spent about five years on the newspaper, and uh, I'm thinking to myself, I want to be a writer. I want to be a real writer. I want to write books. And so I I finally got a hold of a story. It's about the Shroud of Turin. You guys probably know what the Shroud of Turin is now. Yeah. But I wrote the first book about it. I mean, in, in America, nobody'd heard about it. This was back in the 70s. And uh, I went to Europe and I, I, I got all this information on And I said, wow, this is really something. There might be some kind of physical evidence for Jesus. And I was not doing it from a, from a religion standpoint. I was doing it from a great story standpoint. And so that was my background. Uh, I just looked for good stories. And um, I'll tell you how I got into Patton. Uh, what was my, the book before that? I forget. It was probably an airplane, a, a fighter pilot book, because I'm big on fighter pilots. And I've written a lot of books about them, about this, the, how Top Gun was really started and so on. But I'm with my cousin. And uh, he is the head of a um, international detective agency all over the world. And so we're working out in the mountains here. And uh, I don't forget what we're talking about, but he says, you know, Patton was murdered. I said, what are you talking about? Patton murdered? He wasn't murdered. Everybody knows he died in a car accident. Oh, no, says my cousin. He said, uh, I, he, what he did is he hired uh, uh, um, spies to do his work, to do a lot of work he would do. He would send them around, and he's a detective agency. And uh, he had hired uh, a, a certain guy, and this guy, he said, had killed Patton. And he <laughs> said, I can tell you this. And, and uh, I said, wow, that is a story. So, uh, um, And I was looking for my next book. And this is the story of a writer all the time. You're always looking what's next. And so I, the, the man's name was Douglas Bazada. And uh, I'll jump ahead and tell you that Douglas Bazada was just at the very core 
of clandestine uh, in, 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 at the time of the Cold War. He was a guy, he had been a, a decorated a Jedberg. The Jedbergs were our first special forces. These guys, during World War II, they, they got tough guys and smart guys, and they jumped them down into occupied uh, France. And their whole thing was to teach the Maquis how to fight and how to resist the Nazis. These guys are loners. They drop down there in the middle of this occupied territory. They scurry away. They find how they can get connected with the Maquis. And this is, the, this is uh, Douglas Bazzotta. And uh, he had done that. He'd been uh, heavily uh, meddled and so on. And then after the war, in the Cold War, he organized a bunch of his type guys. And they would do special jobs for the CIA, for the OSS uh, back then, right? <clears throat> well, these the Jedbergs were the OSS. Right, that was an right. OSS operation. And uh, anyway, this is now we're after World War II. And he has brought his some guys together, probably OSS guys too, and they do jobs for all types of espionage, uh, 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 France, Italy, uh, and they go into Russia and they kill guys. And they had done that. Bazzotta was an assassin for the OSS. I'm just telling you what I learned from this guy. Yeah. I spent two yeah. weeks with him, and it was amazing. This is the guy that my cousin said had killed Patton. And I'll tell you something else. Uh, he he never would have talked to me in a million years, uh, but he'd had a stroke and I got him at the right time. And when, when I came to see him, he was ready to talk. He just had no defenses yeah. anymore. He was not that way. So this is how I got in, how I got onto it. I'm going to take a drink here. Yeah, that's fantastic. I mean, the story of Basada going in, I think he was only with two other guys going in from over France, into France, like behind enemy lines and getting injured on the drop, like his parachute cord cut all the way to the bone on his leg. And he didn't even tell anybody about the, like he didn't report back. He's like, we've landed, like pretending everything's okay. Just take care of his injury. Like the, the way he took care of that too, you know, in secret and all the, all the, all the escapades, you know, busting through, uh, busting through the German lines. And I mean, it's just like a, that could be a whole movie in itself, just this this one guy, Basada. I mean, it was fantastic. And fearless. He, absolutely yeah. fearless. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, Basada had grown up. He was the a heavyweight boxing champion of the Marine Corps. <laughs> uh, he, he, did, he, he did so much stuff before World War II. And by the way, when I met him, what a guy. I mean, I was very impressed with I like this guy a lot. The first thing I see, I, I drive up to his house and he comes out of his house and he rolls in the parachute roll that you do when you hit the ground and you're a parachutist. So anyway, he, he and I hit it off, but he had had this stroke and he would have never talked to me. He was, by the way, a very, very great artist. And he was uh, friends with artists all over the world um, who were the famous ones, but um, and he had been given show, uh, shows in, in Europe. They would show his, and it was all a ruse. Yeah, this it was, was to get into problem. the countries and stuff, right? Like that was his yeah, way of and, traveling around as a fake yeah, artist. It, yeah. it, and, and, and all these, uh, 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 Grace Kelly over in Monaco would give him a show. And, and he, was, he was so, he was sophisticated too. He, would, he, he reminded me 
of what you'd think of a British colonel, uh, you know, with wavy hair. He got just he was really, really good looking guy, big, strong. And and he would get into these inner societies in Europe. And what he was really doing was spying. He was a spy to his core. And anyway, so uh, so that's how I got to 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 him. And uh, and then um, he began to tell me the story of how during World War Two, um, um, Patton fell out of um, uh, you know favor grace. favor with everyone almost like the Russians and Americans, right? Exactly. Well, everybody, see, Patton was, uh, he was the, if there was ever a great general who won World War II for us, it was Patton. The Germans didn't care about anybody else. They said, where is Patton? Where Patton, and that's how we pulled off D-Day. Patton made the mistake. This is so funny. He goes before this, this he's in England getting ready for D-Day, and they're going to put him in charge of D-Day. But he. Uh, he made a mistake. It was a little old ladies gathering and he went and addressed them and he started saying things like, uh, we're going to get those heinies and screw them. And, and he, he said, well, what it really got him in trouble was he said something against the Russians and our administration, the Roosevelt administration loved the Russians. They thought, oh, they're going to be so important and, and they're so good and so on. And so he was then demoted. And they, what they did, and this is brilliant what they did, uh, Eisenhower did this, uh, um, they put Patton uh, in the South in an area that the Germans would think he's getting ready. And they built a phony uh, army around him, rubber tanks. They looked exact, they looked real and all these other things. And so the Germans watching, where's Patton? Where's Patton? They knew the D-Day was coming. But they're looking, where's Patton? And he's down here. And really and truthfully, everything we're readying to go across the channel at the at the at the, the shortest point is getting ready. And if they hadn't have done that, the if they'd left Patton where you know really in charge, we probably wouldn't have pulled D-Day off. But once we get to D-Day, it took us a long time uh to to really establish. Uh, um, our, our um, uh, uh, victory there. Once we did that, then they put Patton right back in charge. And Patton, he did uh, probably the greatest um, uh, triumph that's ever been done by anybody, any any general ever. He literally uh, just ran right across the top of of um, France and. Um, killed every german had them on their heels they were they were they would have lost the war if they hadn't stopped Patton. and the problem was that um for diplomacy's sake they would stop Patton all along the route and all the way right at the german border they stopped him again because they wanted the the english to to really get some of the uh laurels in winning this battle it was chaotic you know, uh, I, I think, Darren, you said you'd read a lot of um, uh, World War II stuff, or at least watch those movies. They don't know the half of it. Uh, Patton could have decimated the, the German army at a place called Falaise, and it was right outside of where we won the, the D-Day battles. And we were then beginning to come into France 
and kick the Germans out. And there, there's a thing at Falaise, it's a place, and he had maybe 100,000 of crack German troops surrounded, Patton did. And he wanted, he was, he, he was begging to kill them all. Let me get them. We can get this thing over with. No, you can't do it because Montgomery had to come in and take and do it halfway with him. And what happened was that those Germans got away and they're the same ones that came, at, came back at us at the Battle of the Bulge. This happened throughout the war. This is something you don't learn in, in, in World War II history, but it's true. And so Patton, and good old Patton, you know, he had a loyalty to him. And um, he, you know, Eisenhower was actually uh, coming to him hat in hand all before the war to Patton. But then Eisenhower, they saw in Eisenhower a guy who was a very good diplomat. And so that's how he got over over Patton. And they put him over there. Uh, but uh, Patton would continually, he would he would go, okay, I could have be I could have gotten rid of all those good German troops. We'll go on. And so he goes all the way to, to Germany and they stop him again and they steal his gas. And Bazada is involved in that. Bazada uh, somehow was uh, was involved. He never told me exactly how, but they literally took the gas that that uh, Patton had for his tanks. He was right at the he's right at the German border, and they stop him. And what we decided, the Allies decided, is we're going to let Montgomery do this bridge too far. I don't know if you guys ever heard of that, but the bridge too far was a, a plot, a, an idea by Montgomery that stop Patton. He doesn't have to go in there. I'll come up from the north and go right in and take Berlin. Well, it was it was ill conceived, and it didn't work. And they it stopped everything, and it it sort of stopped the war for about two months, and by that time the rains began, and Patton could not go could not easily get into Germany and finish what he'd done, and more importantly, the Germans were able to regroup the same ones that Patton had chased, and I mean they were scared to death, and 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 they didn't have anything. Once they got back into Germany and Patton was stopped from chasing them, they were able to regroup and they came back and they hit us at the Battle of the Bulge. And let me tell you, the Battle of the Bulge, if we hadn't have stopped, if Patton hadn't hadn't gone up and stopped them there, again, we had to we had to rely on Patton. And it's like that bully in the yard, although Patton's not a bully at all, but it's like that bully in the yard when you were kids, you know, that big guy. Uh Oh, I'm I'm nice to him because I know he can save me. But once you don't need him anymore, you kick him in the butt and you don't talk to him anymore. That's the way they treated Patton. But anyway, all of a sudden, this Battle of the Bulge started, and uh, the Germans are breaking into our lines and they're they're kicking us out of Europe after we've already come there. We could have we could have lost the war there. At least kicked us off of Europe and had to restart again. And the only so and and Eisenhower had, was part of the reason. Eisenhower, a great diplomat but a bad fighting general. Uh, Patton had said, "Don't set up any rest and recuperation in um, in, in in the Argonne Forest where 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 the Battle of the Bulge was being." 
And uh, Eisenhower didn't listen to him. And they set up all these these little places where you could uh, watch movies and so on. And suddenly the Germans are coming. And uh, uh, Eisenhower was scared to death. He realized he was going to we, we might be kicked off of, of the continent. And so uh, who came to save him? Patton, because Patton had already thought of that. He he already had his staff working on a way to countermind it. And Patton went up. There were some very brave fighters. Uh, Bastone. You've Is this the like the Band Bastone. of Brothers, uh, where the Band of Brothers show was based around? I wonder because I, I'm not familiar. Yeah, with that the band. that's a really good, really good TV show from about <clears throat> I don't know, 15, 20 years ago or something already. But anyway, so so uh, so what happened to Bastone then? Well, well, these guys at Bastogne were, were were holding off the entire German army that was really crashing in there. You know, they disguised themselves as Americans. They really did a good job. And uh, Patton was able to go like 600 miles. He turned an entire army, the one that had had the gas stolen from him, and they gave him the gas back. And he went up there and he saved that. He, he He's the one, because he did that, he saved those guys at Bastogne. Bastogne is famous for um, everybody knew they were going to get overrun. And, and somebody asked the commander of Bastogne, uh, the American, um, uh, are you going to surrender? And he said, surrender nuts. That's a famous World War II story. But anyway, Patton went and saved him. And that got us back on track. But we could have lost... We could have lost everything that we had gained at D-Day if if it hadn't have been for Patton again. So, I, you know, what, what I'm telling you is what a great soldier he was. Uh, there's a book about him called A Genius for War, and that that really captures it. Patton is, it was a genius for war. And the reason was, you know, he grew up in this, he grew up in Pasadena right near, I've been by his house here, but he also had a faction of his uh, uh, family from the South, and and he had studied the 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 Civil War, and this was something that was very important to him. You know, Patton was a great athlete. He was in the uh, 1920 Olympics and uh, that kind of stuff. He's just a fantastic guy. So um, I I always liked him. But uh, uh, anyway, that's uh, well. No, I got some questions, and where maybe we can build on that a little bit because that's a great uh, great story about that one. Darren's pulled up. Uh, Band of Brothers. Band of here. Brothers is uh, the Easy E Company, Easy Company, 2nd Battalion, 506th Parachute Infantry Regiment of the 101st Airborne. So okay. I, do I don't they, think do that's they not related. Get it, they don't get it says, the, uh, oh, they, they, it follows. They may have been at Bastogne. They, they may have been at Bastogne. Uh, I, 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 I knew who they were. I just never watched that show. But uh, <clears throat> the, the Band of Brothers is, is a great show about. Uh, the, about how bro the brotherhood of what they do when you're in a war, you, you, you know, you see who a person really is. You don't, uh, there's, yeah, there's no build, fooling around. Yeah. You build some pretty deep connections there for sure. Yeah. So, yeah. um, so Patton and, and Eisenhower knew each other beforehand though. I think they even had a bit of a secret code. Like I think Patton was like, if, if, uh, you know, if I need to tell you something, you know, between you and I, I think they had a, a word to use there. Um, and then, and then, uh, so I guess I have a couple questions on that. So Patton, Patton seemed to be a bit of a loose cannon and, and although Eisenhower appreciated his, you know, his ability as a general did, was Eisenhower really getting fed up with him, like not following orders and, and, and 
sort of taking things into his own hand. I mean, I mean, there's a couple things he was doing that was really good. Like he would, he would help uh, repl- replace people in the German towns that they were in. Like he wouldn't just, you know, it wasn't about killing civilians and doing all that. He would put them people back in power that weren't part of the army. Like for him, the enemies were the, the, the army, right? Not, not the civilian. So he was very good about that, which seemed to piss people. It seemed like he was just pissing people off all the way around, like from, you know, being too nice and some and wanting to go too far and end the war too early, which he could have done a couple times, it seemed. And then of course, getting into the, you know, how he wanted to, to keep going against the Russians, which was the, the main thing that probably, uh, um, Tip the tip the tip the cattle there, you know. We wanted to go straight to Moscow, right? We yeah, oh, no, absolutely. Well, that's uh, uh, here. You've 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 gone to after the war, during yeah, the yeah, 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 yeah. See during that, yeah. See during the war, uh, uh, he was their best fighter. So they were Eisenhower did a lot to try and keep um, things away from the press. For instance, Patton. Uh, it was almost a religious experience for Patton uh, on the battlefield. I mean, he would cry when he'd see his men hurt and this kind of thing. And yet, he, there's a famous incident in Italy. Uh, he went to a hospital, and there was a guy with shell shock. We call it, uh, what, PTS now or something. Post, uh, Post-traumatic stress, yeah. And he was livid. He said, "You, how could you be? There are men out there fighting daily. And all how and he hit him. He slapped the guy. And when the press found out about that, uh, it was it was kept quiet for a while. But then he did it again, and that was the end. And they and so uh, in Eisenhower's eyes, you know, what am I going to do with this guy? He's uh, you know he's my greatest general. I got to win the war. I need him to win the war. But he does things like this, and 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 so they 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 tolerated. Patton until the end of the war, and, and he was given the, he was given the generalship over Germany. And what you were just saying, uh, uh, Graham, you were just saying how he he didn't want to punish the German people after the war was over. It's like a fight, you know. You get in a fight with a guy and you you beat him up, and okay, you give your hand and you lift him up, and that's the way he felt. <laughs> but uh, 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 the Germans, excuse me, the Russians who were um, having conferences with us. Remember, it was us, the Germ, uh, the, the Russians, and the and the English, and other allies that defeated the Germans. Well, all of the po- politicians wanted to hurt the Germans. They wanted to kill them. They there was an actual um, uh, proposal in the in the in the Roosevelt administration to castrate every German male. Uh, Patton wasn't, didn't like this. He didn't like this. He said, now that we've won the war, we're going to have to get these people back on their feet. And so he started doing what you just said. Uh, uh, he started putting a guy who might have been a German soldier in charge of garbage collection because he knew how to do it and other people didn't. And the, administ- the Roosevelt administration went, what are you doing? You can't do that. He was a Nazi. You can't. Well, Patton's thing was, look, we've got to get the society working. And, and, and they, they wouldn't tolerate that. So uh, getting back to the story of his assassination, as the war went on, 
they became more and more um, uh, not liking Patton because he was not he was not on the on on the train with everybody else. He wasn't praising Stalin, who was a a killer and a and a and a you know the worst kind in the world. And the the Russian armies were the same. They were just they raped and pillaged and everything else. So Patton saw them. Uh, he he was very prescient. He knew what was going on, and and uh, Stalin ran uh, circles around Roosevelt. Roosevelt, for some reason, thought that Stalin was a good guy or something. Stalin had all of Roosevelt's rooms bugged when they would meet in Europe, and he would know it was like a chess match. You know, he'd know what the next thing was the guy was going to say before that. But anyway, uh, they wanted him to to and and and. Uh, 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 Patton was so prescient. He said, look, the Russians want to take over all of Europe and they wanted to do so. So they would have a buffer. And this is for ancient uh, Russian history. And it's, it's true. They wanted a buffer so that nobody could come and invade them. Patton didn't want to go conquer Russia. What he wanted to do was kick them out of, of, Europe, of yeah. Eastern East, Europe and Ukraine too, right? I guess. Yeah. Ukraine. Well, yeah, everybody, he, he wanted to just push them back into their own border. That's what he wanted to do. And by the end of the war, this became what he began to say. And he was not at all fearful to say it. And you and I would never have said it. But he did. He even did it on the phone to headquarters and so on. Let me get those bastards. I can beat the hell out of them right now. And and and, and the other on the other end, they were screaming, "Shut up, George!" <laughs> You're an idiot, you know, and, and this guy, but George didn't care. He wanted to do this. So they knew this was coming. And this is where the OSS now was our large, uh, it was the forerunner of the CIA. And um, uh, the, uh, the OSS, the head of the OSS, while Bill Donovan, this is where they began to talk about Instead of stopping Patton and slowing him down and taking his gas, they began to talk about maybe we got to do something about this guy. And by the way, by the end of World War II, killing people was automatic. It was like picking up a cup, cup of coffee. Uh, Eisenhower ordered the assassination, which occurred, of the, the dupe in France. I forget his name now. Uh, who who was the the guy running things for the for the part of France that 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 was going with the Rus with with the Germans? We did it all the time. We still do it. Uh, people get murdered when they're when the higher ups want to get you. I mean, it's it's part of the job. So uh, uh, while Bill Donovan in a series, this is what 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 Bazada told me that in a series of meetings that he would have, because he'd have to meet with Wild Bill Donovan because he was an assassin. He killed other Americans who were, who were uh, treasonous, who did things that, that, that the higher-ups didn't like, and he killed other guys uh, in, in, in Germany uh, and, and elsewhere. And so he had these, these meetings, and over a series of meetings, it evolved from stop patent into kill Pat, and the kill Pat meeting is very interesting because uh, uh, Bazada 
couldn't believe that this great general, whom he admired very much, was was on the other end of this this kill thing. And uh, he's an American too. How are we going to do this? So I remember that that uh, 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 they were talking about. We just don't know what we're going to do. What we're going to do? And suddenly, Bazzano says, "Well, do you mean you want me to kill him, sir?" And um, while Bill said, "Well, we're not saying that," and they never do. You never put this in writing. We're not saying that, but something's got to be done. I'll leave it to you. Well, there, there are the orders right there, and uh, and so he had his orders, and um, uh, he had to do it. That's that was his. I mean, that's what he did. So he went ahead and and, and they set up um, the the accident. And that's what Basada did. He set up the accident that I thought was what had killed Patton. It wasn't the accident that killed him. The, the accident put him in the hospital. Two weeks later, he died. And um, if you read my book, you will see that there's much evidence that he was poisoned poisoned in a way with uh, poison that, uh, that, you, that is indetectable very soon after it's used, and the Russians were involved in it. The Russians wanted to kill Patton right off the bat. I mean, they wanted to get him so fast, way, way back, even before the war ended. So uh, um, I'll leave it there right now. Yeah, because they they knew that they they knew from hearing Patton say it even in public that that he wanted to push the Russians back, right? That's right. That's yeah. exactly right. Yeah. And then, so how much of that was, was, cause we were talking before we started recording about how Patton was also taken out of context when he'd talk in front of people, or I think he was at a couple, couple parties where he was asked to speak at the last minute and then he puts his foot in his mouth, but really they take it out of context and it's like the fake news back then in world war two. So the press would, would come out and, and, um, <clears throat> give him shit about, saying that, you know, not not uh, talking about Europe in the best light or whatever, or being against Russia. So how much of that do you think was was him or, or how much of it was propaganda? Oh, no, no, you're, you're absolutely right in the way you've described it. He wouldn't say bad things. He said something about... He, I'm sorry, I got a phone here. No, I'm not that's, gonna, okay. that's okay. Uh, uh, he, he would say... He would say things like, uh, I'm, a, I'm an American, uh, and, and, and our, our British brothers want this, and our French brothers want this, and he wouldn't put Russia into it. That's what they got him for. Right, and right. he wouldn't say, you know, out loud on a big thing, but that's what they'd get him for, and, it was, and they'd pull it all out of context, and the headline would be, uh, Patton refuses to acknowledge Russians as our friends. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I acknowledge our great allies, the Russians, as our friends, and that's that's what the headline would be. Yeah, that's exactly right. What you said. So, uh, so uh, so it's hard to say how much of that was his own doing or how much of it was just you know it didn't help from the from the propaganda. Well, in in in, in my in my. Uh, 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 belief, um, this would have been truth, and it was good, and it should have been that way. But but you have, uh, he didn't bow down uh, when he when he didn't have to. He didn't say things that politicians say, and that I think that's good. I I, I wish we would all be that way. But um, he never, uh, you know, he did things like slap that soldier. Well, 
if it wasn't Patton, nobody would have taken notice. But it yeah. was Patton. Yeah, yeah. He also had a bit of a cult following, didn't he? Like even you know, like there was, he seemed to have a bit of a cult following. He's like a mini celebrity. Like if he would have wanted to edge into politics, he probably could have had some some success. Absolutely, uh, he was. The thing is, he is he is his accident occurs the day before he is to leave, <laughs> and he was um, he he was planning on writing a book which would tell all of these secrets, the fillets the fillets secret, the the uh, battle of the bulge secret, all of the stupid decisions that cost so many American lives. And and the fact that we that Russia was going to take over Eastern Europe and how we gave Eastern Europe to the Russians, we did. We just they it was like a you know uh, did you see the the Godfather movie when the gangster is cutting up Cuba and giving pieces of cake to the to the other gangsters? That's exactly what we did. We cut up Europe and said, okay, you can have Poland. You can to, to to Stalin. That's what he wanted. That's what he got. So he was going to tell all these secrets, and that's why they they would have gotten after him, or they want they wanted to kill him, and they knew that. I think that was uh, that was one of the prime reasons. If he went home, he was as you said, um, Darren. He was he was uh, like number three in popularity in the U.S. He would have run for office, and he was talking about it. He didn't necessarily want to do that, but you would have had a formidable candidate there. Number three in popularity, when he came home just before he died in the summer of um, of uh, '45, there were ticker tape parades in New York City, in Indiana, everywhere across the nation for him. He was a beloved guy because everybody knew, regardless of what anybody said. Patton was the guy. He's the guy that won the war in Europe for us. Everybody knew that. And uh, so he, he could have done that. He could have been elected. They did not want to deal with him in America. But when you go back, but in, in, uh, in occupied Europe, easy steezy. You could kill anybody. It was going on every day. I mean, literally going on every day. Stalin's favorite thing was a, was a car accident. And, uh, and it was a it was a popular way to get somebody. The reason is, and I had some guy. He wrote on. He he read. He he didn't even read my book, but he said, uh, "Who would ever think of of a car accident? That's too big and too bad." It was perfect. A car accident allows you to kill the guy in the accident, but if he doesn't die, he goes to the hospital, and that's much easier. You put on a doctor's coat, you go into his room, and you inject him with the and that's that was the idea behind that, and that's what they did. Yeah, yeah. Plus, the accident can be, you know, no matter what happens, you can just say it's an accident, and it's Accidents easier to fake happen. what happened. You know, that's the. That's I mean, exactly how many right. different how many different stories of the accident did you tell in your book? Exactly. I mean, there's all kinds of different theories about what happened and who was driving and why it happened and was it hit from this side or that side and how exactly. did he, how did he injure his forehead when he really just should have. Like, like he was, he was the only one that was really injured in that. So did he get shot as well? I mean, and you well, know, that, add that to the, like, cause you know, there's some, there's a bit of fuckery in Truman becoming FDR's vice president because it should have been now the name escapes me, but it should have been, uh, yeah. I, I forget it, his name. 
Yeah, he uh, should have been the vice president, but they they like closed out the voting for the second day so that like this guy was the. I, I'm gonna have to figure out his name. I'll figure out his name when I'm done asking the question. I forgot the name too, but uh, you're absolutely right. But you know what? From my standpoint, thank God that guy didn't become uh, a president. That guy was a stooge of the Soviets. He was an actual communist, and uh, he was a dope. And uh, I'm trying to think of his name right now. But, he, you know, our government was um, riddled with communists. Henry Wallace. Henry Wallace. That guy was a dope. Uh, <laughs> he, he really didn't know what was going on. And the, the, the idea, you see, uh, FDR died. And um, uh, Truman, who was not really, he was not really the guy that, that FD, FDR got rid of, of Wallace. He got rid of Wallace because of the fact that Wallace was a known dope for that. Uh, they all knew that Wallace was just not the guy to, to take over. So they got rid of him and they put Truman in there. Truman wasn't, Truman was just a, a guy from Indiana, not from Indiana, from Missouri. And, and he was okay. He didn't, he didn't have a clue. Truman. I, I bet the day that, that, that FDR died, he went, oh, my God, what am I going to do? Because he didn't have a clue. But Truman was a was a was a pretty tough guy. And uh, he, he did pretty good after a while. They were running circles around him. But uh, um, anyway, our government was full of communist spies in FDR's uh, head head um, uh, advisor was a, a a known communist. You know, you've heard the story of uh, of um, McCarthy and how he was just a big blowhard and he just, McCarthy was given, I, I don't know if you know, but we were listening to Russian code. And this was the top secret of the world besides atomic energy secret. And uh, we could not let anyone know that we were listening in on Russian code. Well, in that Russian code, we we got the names of people in the FDR government who were passing secrets to the Russians. And we could never say that. It's been now shown in what's called Venona. You if you get books about the Venona, Venona was the code name. Up until 1950, it was working and nobody could know about that. But Anyway, that's why I know I've got all the books on Venona and so on. I did my homework. Um, uh, there were many uh, 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 Soviet spies in our government. And they were telling the Russians what we were doing. That's how the Russians were the number two people to get the atomic bomb. Um, uh, so so uh, uh, our government... Was 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 very much in collusion with the with the Russian government at that time. That's why it's so weird. <laughs> yeah, nowadays when they're yeah, when to, they're yeah. Today we all knew that, and 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 it was the Democrats at that time. It was a Democratic administration. They were with the government, and they'd always been pro Russia, and now they hate Russia because I guess Trump doesn't because. I don't know, but uh, we won't get into that. But, no, let's uh, not get into that. It's just there's no winning. Yeah, I, I, I know. Well, it's winning, but uh, you know, I you know that's <laughs> not my topic right now. So uh, we'll go from there. Huh. So where were? We? Well, I don't know where we were. We were talking about. Oh, okay. uh, go, go ahead. Well, I was going to say 
there are so many reasons why it turned out that um, Patton, it looks like, was murdered. Um, the accident. The accident occurs. It's in a lonely place in uh, in Germany, and suddenly, it's like ants come out. Uh, intelligence people come out. It's almost like somebody knew that was going to happen. Then, when a guy like me, oh well, I'll just I'll go through the whole thing, and then instead of taking him to Mannheim, which is uh, ten miles away where they had hospitals, they don't take him there. They take him to a large hospital. Uh, 40 miles away, where uh, there's a lot more going on, and um, people can, can get, in, get into his room. When he got there, he asked for a guard, uh, and, and they didn't give him the guard. And um, he's, he's, he's responding to treatment. He had a broken neck, and he's paralyzed, but he's getting better. And he's getting so good that within uh, 10 days, he's getting ready to be flown home. <laughs> he's progressed that much. And they think, wow, this guy will be walking again one day, uh, hopefully. But if not, he's, he's, everything else is doing right. And suddenly he has a relapse. This is when uh, Bazada told me they, they snuck in and, and uh, got him with, uh, you know, you have your arm there. They don't stick a needle into you. You have a a, a needle a already tube. stuck in you. All yeah, all a a a uh, intravenous thing. So they they just put, they just put it in the intravenous bag, and he can't even feel anything there. Yeah, perfect. And and you walk out, and he's dead. And so uh, those are the those are some of the strange things that happen. So he dies the next day. He has an an embolism. Now, embolism is something that you could have uh, when you're laying in bed. It's a clot in your in your body, but you also can induce embolisms with this kind of poison. So, uh, uh, one of the things that there are many things, but when I began after I got through with Bazada, and he told me this incredible story, the first thing I did was go to the National Archives, <laughs> and I'm going to say. Is Bazada real or not? Well, I found out Bazada was as good as it gets. He was sterling. He was, you know, a Jedberg. He had made all these these uh, 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 medals. He was terrific. So he's not a liar, in my opinion. And then I dug up. I said, well, then I'll start getting all the reports on 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 uh, uh, Patton's death and on the accident. They're gone. Yeah. I, I found uh, um, uh, mentionings of, of reports that had been written by uh, uh, police who had been at the accident scene, by the military, by the, by the uh, uh, OSS, mm -hmm. on and on. One or two could possibly be gone, but five that I know of are dis have disappeared, and there are possibly eight. There wasn't anything left. And I, by the way, I, for years, I tried to find these. They're gone. They're gone completely. Somebody purged all of the information about the accident. I got a lot of stuff on his death, but it did nothing but show me that what I was thinking was right. There's, yeah. There are lots of records on the death thing. 
So that's that was a big turning point for me. Another big turning. Oh, you want me to go on or do yeah, you want yeah, to? Yeah, 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 yeah. Another big turning point for me was um okay, Bazada says all this. That's one guy. Let's, you know, is there anybody else who might say this? And I found Stephen Skubik, who is as good as 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 uh, as as uh, Bazada was. Stephen Skubik at the end of the war was CIC. This was sort of the army's intelligence. He had actually been uh, connected to um, uh, Patton's armies, but he wasn't daily in contact with Patton. His main thing was having a Eastern European background. His main thing was to go into these countries that, that Russia had taken over, the Eastern European countries, and find out what they're saying about the Russians. Well, what he found out was that the Russians wanted to kill Patton and that there was a plot afoot to do it. And he, this guy Skubik, uh, by the way, Bazada ends up being an aide to John Lehman, who was the secretary of the Navy. That's how Bazada ended his life. Bazada was no fool, no no uh, guy next door who 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 runs a you know a, a, a grocery store. Bazada was right in Washington as an a, an aide to John Lehman. You can't. He's a secretary of the Navy, so he he did the whole thing all the way up. Uh, it turns out that Stephen Skubik did the same thing with Ronald Reagan. He became an aide. So as I checked Skubik out, uh, Skubik is really good. And Skubik went home from the war. Well, he went home from the war. Let me say, uh, he went when he found out about this plot for um, uh, to kill Patton. He went to a uh, wild Bill Donovan, the head of the OSS. And he told him that's where you'd go. If there's anybody that I can go to and say that somebody wants to kill him, it's the head of the CIA, the OSS. That was our forerunner of it. Well, what did uh, what did uh, Donovan do? Donovan, the guy who gave the order to Bazan, <laughs> he threw Skubik. He threw Skubik in jail, and scared him to death, and said, "If he ever says anything like this, you're going to be killed." And so Skubik went home after the war and lay low for two years, and he literally lived, you know, not opening his door with a gun, and he thought he was going to be murdered. It, that that blew over, and he began to realize that didn't happen. And so, for his children, he wrote a book. It was not published. This is the interesting thing. He wrote a book called The Murder of General Patton. Now, Skubik was not a writer. He was an investigator. His book, you wouldn't go five... If, if you weren't like me looking for this, you just would get tired of it. It was terribly written. But he was a great investigator. And I took that book and I outlined it. And man, I had I could have go to a to a to a court of law and use the points that he had. He had gone and talked to Russians. He had gone to top uh, Eastern European leaders. They all knew about this, and he'd written it all. It was all in this book. Now I don't have just just uh, Bazada saying that he did it. <laughs> I have Skubik finding out about the plot and saying that, that he'd found it out. And he was a very credible uh, 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 intelligence officer. So those two things really gave me the ability to write a book. 
because you can't just say one guy did it. You've got to have something else. And all of the other things that are in the book, which point to the mysteries that, that are surrounding, no reports, no everything. And I'll tell you one other thing, which really solidified it. I decided that, well, I got to go to the scene of the crime. I'm going to go to the car, which I knew existed, that Patton had been hurt in, the, the, the accident car. I haven't described the accident. Maybe we'll get into that later. But anyway, and I will see the car. I will see what really, what, where he was sitting. I will see the blood on the seat. I will see everything. So before I did that, I called the Cadillac expert. This was a Cadillac. This was a like brand. 35 Cadillac or something like that? Yeah, something like 1938 Cadillac. <laughs> it's important what it is. I'm just not remembering. 1936 or 1937, what they called a touring car. It's a very big car. So uh, I called the Cadillac expert at um, uh, in Detroit. And this is the guy who does it for Cadillac. And he's, he agreed. He thought he was intrigued. I said, I want you to come and look at this car just so we can see it and you can tell me all the little things in it. Because I had a lot of little, little ideas that I wanted to go with. He met me there. I forget where it was, Kansas City or somewhere. And we went in on a Sunday. And we started looking at this car. And the first thing I found out, there's no blood in it. There's no, there's no hint. That, and it's all, it looks polished and new. So the curator told me, well, I guess they cleaned it all up. Okay, I'll buy that. Then the, the expert that I'm looking at, he's, he's gone down deep. And on every car, there's a chassis. And on every chassis, there's an identification number. And the identification number is in steel. In other words, it's been chiseled out of this car. So you can't identify this car. And finally, my expert is telling me, this is not a 39. That's what it was. This is a 38. I can tell you why. And he started pointing out these little, little details that you and I wouldn't even notice. This is, a thir this is not the car that Patton was murdered in or, or had the accident in. So bingo, why? Well, that really, that really said to me, you know, what's going on here? We have the car that Patton's accident occurred in. It's sitting in the museum, the Patton Museum, you know, at this big base uh, where we keep all our gold. What's the name of that base? Uh, Knox, Fort Knox. And it's the wrong car. And even the museum doesn't know it. Somebody switched the car. Why did they do that? Because they didn't want uh, uh, somebody who knew what was going on to go through it and find bad in, uh, uh, yeah, yeah. evidence. Yeah. Wow. So, I mean, there, wasn't there something about Patton? Uh, there was a couple of close calls too, where he almost got killed a couple of times. And yes. did he, didn't he know that his life was in danger? I mean, he, he pretty much expected an attempt, I think. I believe he did. Yeah. I believe he did. And I, and I believe, but yeah, you bring up a good point. Uh, there were three incidences of Patton uh, nearly being killed. And uh, the first one I think uh, is uh, is that cart in the movie Patton, where at the end of the movie they show the cart coming down and it just misses him. Well, that really happened. Uh, he was in uh, in a German town somewhere, and suddenly out of nowhere, this cart with a scythe. You know what a scythe is? Yeah, that's the yeah. hammer. Yeah. It came down, and that scythe would have cut his head off, but it missed him. You know, he was too smart and he jumped out of the way. And then uh, there was another car accident that they tried to run him off the road. But the big one, the really interesting one, 
was that Patton used to have his own little uh, Piper Cub type airplane. Oh, that's right. Fly, this one. Yeah, he would fly over uh, his troops to see where they were positioned and so on. Well, at the very end of the war, he's out there. Uh, this is in Germany. And uh, he's in his little Piper. And all of a sudden, a, a, a Spitfire, a Spitfire, which is a which is a uh, English fighter, dives at him. And they look up, and there's three other Spitfires circling. And they try to shoot the guy down. Well, luckily, he had a good pilot. I mean, Patton, Patton was so scared. He didn't take the lens cover off of his. He's trying to take pictures of him, but he didn't take the lens cover off. So anyways, Patton, he realizes somebody's trying to shoot me down. And uh, 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 it turns out that those Spitfires were not British. They were Polish and Polish under the control of the Russians. Ah. So we never I never could nail that down. But that's what the belief is. And so they tried to get him that way. They tried three, you know, they tried to kill him. And I, you know, Patton told, I told you how he, he came home and had that, uh, that parade and everything. He told his, uh, his, his children very strangely. He said, I don't think you'll see me again. That's I'm going right. yeah. back to yeah. you, you won't see me again. And, and they always talk about that, the kids, because they, they said, what do you mean, dad? We'll see you later. But they never did. Yeah, but that that was a that was even a crash too. It's not like he just got away uh, easily. I mean, he's pretty lucky to even get out that plane crash. I think. Oh, they, I think the the Spitfire crashed uh, crash yeah. crash landed behind him, and he crashed into the, some something, and they they barely got away on foot. I think, and out of the the sight of the other one. So yeah, the Spitfire did crash, but they they didn't crash. But what they did is they had luckily he had a great pilot, which is par for 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 Patton he wouldn't have had anything other what he did was the pilot was so good that he brought the the plane down to these uh mountains and the guy couldn't come out of the mountains oh, right yeah so yeah right, right. yeah that's yeah. That's, yeah that's what happened yeah and then they then they 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 landed and they said what the hell happened there and Patton ordered an investigation and I can't find that either <laughs> of course all these important things the documents are always missing Sons of bitches. Yeah. There you go. So, uh, geez, I got lots of questions after that, too. Darren, you got any? No, you go ahead. Well, you go ahead. I got some housekeeping I'm going to take care of once you're done with your questions. Well, I wanted to uh, ask about, through all this research in World War II, did you come across uh, Project Paperclip at all? And, and was that, uh, you know, how we brought some German, <clears throat> German scientists over and the Russians, I think they split up. I mean, there was probably... That seems to me like part of the reason why they wanted to stay friends with the Russians, too, because we were working with them on uh, splitting up all the German scientists. I think that's a very good idea, and it's very, very possible. Boy, I don't know. In my opinion, uh, Patton knew the secrets that if, if told, Eisenhower would have never been elected, all that. And he also uh, hated the Russians. But you bring up another point. There is good at, there's good evidence that Patton knew all kinds of things like where remember that gold they found uh, hidden by the Germans uh, remember atomic secrets uh, by the way I wrote a book called Japan's Secret War it's about Japan trying to make an atomic bomb during World War II which I believe they did but too late the mm. Russians took it over 
Hmm. But uh, and that book is going to be republished. That's what I've been working on the last recently. But uh, there was there are so many secrets we still don't know. And the paperclip that you brought up is is very, very glad you did that, because paperclip, what it amounted to was, hey, we won the war. There are all these scientists in Germany who worked on the bomb or may have worked on the bomb. And we've kind of say, yeah, they didn't do anything. I don't believe that. I think the Russia, the, the, the Germans got very close to an atomic bomb. If they didn't make one, they made smaller ones. But anyway, these guys, he may have known about that. Mm-hmm. And anyway, we, we did, we brought them over because they were part of what we won in the war. And they helped us. Werner von Braun is the most classic example. Werner von Braun was brought over, and he's the reason we went to the moon and put were the first people to put anybody on the moon. It was Werner von Braun. So yes, paperclip. Yeah, it never came into my thing because you know I'm a guy uh, who, fifty years after he he's killed, I'm I'm trying to follow the trail. So I'm not there at the time that, that, that this all happened. It was all buried, covered up, and all, and this is important to say, when I first wrote this book, I mean, people would slow, when I was doing the research, people would slam the, the phone down. What do you mean? What do you mean Patton was murdered? Everybody knows he was killed in an accident, but even that, how do you dare to say something like that? And, and, and so many experts, people who didn't do what I did, didn't ever look into it, but because if the government wants to let you believe something happened, they know how to do that. They, they put certain things out that, that scholars will find, papers, and, 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 and the scholars will get the idea, and they will write a book. And once you've written a book, you're going to be you're going to swear on the Bible that that's the end of it. That's me. Okay. Uh, but I don't do that. If you read my books, I never say anything, but here's the evidence. Here's what I think. It's not necessarily the, the, the gospel, but you make your own decision. But some guys will write books. And so everybody reads that book and it says, Patton died of an accident. <laughs> and Wikipedia is classic right now. You, I tried hard to get the other side of the story into Wikipedia. No, I was killed by all these so, so-called experts who who knew the truth but had never done any work like I did. Wow. They read it in a book somewhere. That's a great example. So, I mean, listen, it's it's really true. And uh, I wanted to say that my book, Japan's Secret War, about how the Japanese went to Korea where they where they ran everything and they built a bomb and the Russians took it over and the Russians were the next to to have the bomb that book at the first time it came out I got the same thing ah this is ridiculous nobody then it went into a second edition 10 years later and people were going well we heard about that but it's and now it's coming out in a third and I've got tremendous new evidence because our government decided to read my book and go along with it because they wanted to find out what in Korea uh, was the beginning of the North Korean project. And they now know it because of, of what was first there built by the Japanese. So these things have their cycle and you're never, people like myself go out. I don't know. I guess I have an ability to sort of foresee um, uh, a good story. 
I go out and I do it and they all say, ah, you're full of it. That didn't happen. But I back it up with strong evidence. You make your own determination. Later on, they've all come, people, you know, this one's being published for a third time and it was tough, a tough thing to do to publish a book three times. Yeah. Of course, it's, it, it's, it's, it's got a lot more stuff in it now. I was going to ask you about that in, in regards to target patent. Is there any more evidence since that? Cause that came out, what, 2010 or, or 2008, uh, it was a few years ago now. Is there any new evidence that's come out from, uh, from that at all or anything? Does it make you want to do another version of that one as well? I've not, I've not uh, gotten any new evidence since the second edition. Right. The first edition came out in in uh, 2008. By then, I got some people. One of which was a a young German who was in this who who was a servant for Eisenhower and his little circle, and he was able to hear things uh, as they they had a train. It was a former Hitler train that they would use. And he was able to come up to hear things that are really important to the patent story. So if you get the patent book, don't get the first edition, get the one with the red line around it, because that was published 2012, I think. And it has a, a lot of, you know, it has some good new information in it. Since then, uh, there's been nothing new that I've been able, I've had a lot of, of, of people tell me that they think they know things, but it never pans out as well as what I learned between the first and second edition. Yeah. Yeah. I wanted to kind of bring it back up to current times a little bit more. Cause you mentioned at the beginning of the show, when you're talking about working at New York, New York times and how everything had to be accurate, you know, you guys were held to that accuracy, both sides. <clears throat> what happened between then and now, like when did things shift to it being so, uh, you know, they, yeah. they can just come up with whatever they want now and then make some little apology 11 pages in and, and, and not even, you know, reap any re repercussions or anything from it. I mean, it's, it's really sad what, what's happened to the, the whole journalism business. I mean, what, what, what shifted and when did you think that shifted or do you have any opinions about that? I do. And uh, it, it, of course, is a very complex question. But to start off with an easy answer, uh, people... Uh, uh, we don't have journalists per se anymore. That started to to uh, erode when television began to to uh, care more about looks and 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 ability to perform than than your um, your 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 real bona fides as a a, a tracking down information hardcore reporter. However. There have been some great journalists, great TV reporters. But in the last few years, as we have uh, so split ourselves, uh, you know, as, as you well know, between left and right, the left has, has taken over um, uh, journalism. And the people you see specifically on the, on the uh, television shows, uh, really the TV shows first, they are not journalists. What they are are Democrat operatives. Now, you may have heard this before. I don't know, but I'm telling you, it's the truth. These guys are not journalists. They're, I, to me, the core of anything is to tell the truth as best you can. And the first journalistic thing, I never forget one of my professors doing it to me, putting it on the blackboard, making fun of me because I'd, 
I'd broken the rule. The first thing is you tell both sides. They don't do that anymore because they don't care about that anymore. They have one side to, 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 to put in front of you, and that's all they want. Now, the right has to do that too now, and the right is doing that. Yeah. Um, I, 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 but they don't do it like the left does. I'm sorry, they don't do it, and I'll, I'll debate you on that in any way, shape, or form. 95% of the working press voted Democrat. They didn't vote Republican. And that's a key factor to understand. They won't do that. They, they now you, you come back to a guy like me, and, and and you know my thing is find a good story, tell the truth as best you can. I don't write something unless I've got something to back it up in. That isn't done on the TV shows. And then you look at the mass of people. Most guys are working nine to five. They ain't got time to dig all this stuff up. And then there are your your. Um, uh, you know, your erratic uh, idiots who are just following whatever they they see on the TV. And, and, and that's, that is managed news. And it's on both sides. I agree with that. If you watch um, uh, Hannity, you're going to get the right, the right. If you're going to watch um, who's the, uh, you know, some of the, the left wingers. Um, CNN or whatever. I mean, yeah, yeah CNN, you're going to get the left. Uh, I believe that, that Hannity's a stronger guy because he will have he will have left guys on and he will really debate them. Uh, the the left won't do that with 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 guys. They just have their people and their and their people talk about how how bad uh, the right is and how racism. This is insane. America's done with racism. Sure, there are racists and so on. That's an that's not an, an idea anymore. Blacks. Who cares what your color is? Who cares? It's what's in your heart and your brain, and that's all anybody of any. You know, I'm I'm not going to tell you my age, but I'm a lot older than you guys, and that's the way I think. So you got to go further back than me to have people who are going to attack you because of your color. This is insane. It's stupid. It's it's a it's a a, a surface argument, and the left does it every day, and it, I don't understand it. Well, they're dividing us. They're they're labeling us and dividing us. Divide and conquer. So did did this shift in the, like you mentioned, the TV aspect of it, because I've been arguing with people lately about the censorship problem and it being based on uh, brand safety and ad revenue as opposed to ideological censorship. And and do you think that that had something to do with it back in the TV days when things started to shift? Is that big ad revenue coming in, corporate... uh, you know, not being able to say, I mean, you know, if, if, if big pharma is sponsoring your news program at 5 billion a year or across the board at 5 billion, you can't talk about, you can't talk bad about big pharma. So, uh, you know, is without, that, do you think that was a uh, big, a big part of the start of that or? Without question, uh, you know, everything runs on money, everybody. I mean, you know, I can't write books unless I have money. You can't run your show unless you put food on the table. I don't, you know how you do it. Everything depends on money. And so they run, they, they run things. Amazon is, is killing people like me. Uh, my books now sell, Amazon will sell my books for half price and I get no money from it. And I've got to go, how am I going to go out and, and, and take a trip to, uh, to the patent museum if I don't have the money to do it? Yeah. Money, money is doing it. Yes. That's the, that's the thing. Maybe I'm not specifically getting right to the to the nub of what you just said, but I, I think that you said exactly what I think. Right. Okay. 
Speaking of uh, support, so is the best place to get your books directly from your website then? No. Okay. Uh, no. No, no. It would always be from the uh, publishers. But Amazon, too. And Amazon will sell my books very well. The problem is they're like a, a huge giant. And if if you'll 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 go up there and you'll say, okay, Wilcox's new book is 22, 22, 25. But you can buy a used one or one that has been turned back in that's brand new for 10 bucks. You're going to buy the 10 buck one. Yeah. And I can't do anything about that. Yeah, exactly. I, I don't blame you. I don't blame you. What they should do is not put that up there in such a prominent way. Yeah. They should say, this is the best one. This is the new one. If you don't want the latest, we can offer you. They won't do that. They don't care. They don't, They have no conception of, of uh, what I get. I get a four-year-old I'm talking to when I say somebody uh, 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 gave me a bad review because the, uh, the, the MP3 didn't work. Well, I didn't write the MP3. I didn't, uh, I didn't put that thing on the air. Uh, please give me a review and then give the MP3 a, a review. <laughs> but they don't understand that. To me, to them, the, it's all the same. Yeah. These, are, these are the things you're running. Yes, you know, it's, it, there's so many things we're fighting to, to get good knowledge. Well, you should come back on when you're in Japan. Because uh, I was going to ask you, I noticed there, you know, the... Your what's next is a big topic. I've read all your blogs and all that as well. And uh, I was going to ask you about that. What's next? And obviously it's the Japan secret war coming out. So when that does come out, you should come back on or you should at least let us know so we can help you uh, push it. I will do that. I appreciate that. And uh, it's always important to, to get my feelings out. I guess I've, I've been very clear. Feelings, <laughs> yeah, feelings are important. About what I think. Yeah, it's fantastic. Can yeah. you give our, can you give our listeners a rundown of, of your other titles there behind you before we let you go in case they're... Absolutely. Uh... Can, we see, can you see my finger? Yeah. Yep. Yep. Okay, that's Stream of Eagles. That's the, the true story of how Top Gun got started. And it was a, there was a real bad situation in Vietnam and a bunch of guys got together and they, they forged Top Gun and they, it's a great story. Uh, this is the truth about the Shroud of Turin. I've I've touched the Shroud of Turin. I went all over the world trying to get the, and this is my second book on the Shroud of Turin, uh, in which I go, there's some really, it's an, it's an amazing, amazing thing. Uh, the burden of proof is on the doubters now. Uh, this is the good Target patent, the one with the red around it. This is my latest book, Target JFK. We didn't get to that, but as a result of talking to Bazada. I got on to this, uh -huh. and it's a story of of who killed who killed uh, 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 JFK. It, it's 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 really a deep deep story. Uh, I don't know that this is true, but it's stuff that has never come to light, and it's a fascinating story. You talk about a spy story, that's it. This is Wings of Fury, which is uh, I went out. Um, um, and interviewed fighter pilots and to get to the essence of what it really is. I've always admired those guys and, you know, how they zoom around and all the death that they fight with and everything. Uh, I wanted to show you this one is Black Aces High. And it, I always wanted to go out on a, on a carrier and, and be with a fighter squadron in war. And this, the Kosovo War was the only one I could get them to do that with. 
They, I got on a carrier, and this is a great story of how a real fighter squadron operates on war, in a war. And it's it's a heck of a story. And you meet these guys, and you and you see them good and bad, scared and fearless. It's really good. Wow. Um, this this book here is, can you see this one? Yep, yep. first blue, yeah. That's Butch Voris, uh, a wonderful man. He started the Blue Angels. And the story of Butch Voris goes from um, from the early days of flying. What are we called? The, the, the double wingers? What do you call? Biplanes all the way to the moon, man on the moon. He's involved in all of them. Wow. He was in places you wouldn't believe in the beginning of World War II. They're unbelievable. I don't know how anybody. He was in a carrier where he's walking through blood. You won't believe some of the interesting stuff about about the early Pacific War that's in that. So that's him. Uh, that's a novel I wrote called Fatal Glimpse, and it's about a, a psychic who sees crimes and sees her own murder. I wrote that right after uh, my first book because I, I wanted to write a novel, but I didn't sell as many as nonfiction. Nonfiction sells more so, you know, money runs everything. So I got to, you know, what I can sell, I'm, it's better for me to go to nonfiction. I'll write another novel again. And that's the hardback of The Black Aces High. And I've got several other books, but those are the main ones that, uh, that I do. Well done, sir. Well, we'll tell Thank our, our uh, Grimericans to head on over to your website and buy some books. Yeah, that was that a great, great book, that, uh, that Target Patent one. I love all the little stories you put in the back, like in the background. It's like you are got a behind-the-scenes look at World War II and all that stuff going on. So, yeah, it's fantastic. So, thanks a lot. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. I really appreciate it, and it's been great being with you guys, and uh, save the world for all us. Right. Okay. I'll do what I can. We'll do what we can. We'll do our best. Thank you very much, sir. Come back anytime. When your new book comes out, you let us know, and we'll get you on. Oh, one more thing. Do I? Uh, can you send me a tape of this or something? Yeah, you bet. I'll send you yeah. a link when it goes live, so you can listen. Perfect. I, I I send it to my to my son, and I say, "See, they're listening to me." Yeah, <laughs> there you go. And you, you know, I'm sure after this comes out, I wouldn't be surprised if a couple other podcasts track you down. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, people are gonna love love the show. Thanks a lot. I really okay. enjoyed it. Guys. Thanks, Robert. Okay, Thanks, Robert, okay. come back anytime. Take care. Bye bye. And that was a chat. Ooh. Robert Wilcox. Ooh, that was a good one. Spy novel wow. in the making. Yeah, that's fantastic. What'd you think? Yeah, it was great. I uh, yeah. I think you'd like the, the book, really. It's on Audible as well. It's on Audible? Yeah. Well, I do have a credit coming up. Maybe I'll give it a listen. Yeah. Not an Audible commercial. Fuck Audible. Um, that story about Basada is fuck. It's how fantastic. long is it? Uh, it's pretty long. Pretty long. 16 hours, maybe? 12 oh. hours. Oh. Oh, Let me just check here while jeez. That's a bit of time to commit. But nonfiction you can put on 1.5 or 1.25, well, so I can maybe get that down. Oh. Yeah, I can, that's doable. Yeah. So you get that uh, you get that down at 12 hours. Ain't so bad. Yeah. That's still a fucking while to commit. Sometimes if you go on two sp times two speed, it's easier than 1.5. Nah, you're high. Uh, so, yeah, big thanks to Robert for coming on the show. Fantastic. Get out the book. Check out the book on Audible. Check out uh, the book on paperback or, or hard copy that you need. Buy his book so he can go to the uh, museum and write another book. 
And uh, it can be a spy novel like this. And if Nuffy is by the book, then maybe we'll make it into a movie. Or we could make a patent documentary. Eh? There you have it. Yeah. Patent files. We'll get that shit on Netflix. Now, Netflix is compromised, I think. Oh, yeah. You know, they were pushing Wallace. Actually, the guy he said was a communist. <laughs> Which would make sense, because I think Netflix is a bunch of communists. Yeah. Uh, anyway... Robert, come back anytime. Check out Robert's stuff. Big thanks to you guys for listening. Uh, it wouldn't be as fun doing the show if none of you fucking guys listened. That's for sure. Um, and it wouldn't even be possible to do the show if some of you guys didn't support it. Guys and gals. I'm using guys as a unisex term in that regard. Of course, guys and gals, if you folks, peoples, people kind didn't support the show over at America.ca slash support, there would be no show. It's super important. If you guys stop supporting, then the show just cease to exist. Um, so be, be, become part of that over at America.ca slash support because it's, it'll make you feel better it really will I don't really know how to explain it but uh, there's no way to do it other than fucking try it go there America.ca slash support sign up a buck a month what the fuck is a buck a month that's like 12, bu- 12 bucks a year coffee. 12 bucks a year that's because like it's a coffee. Big Mac meal oh. in a year jeez here we go the, the little uh, dupe that's coming up our next interview is ready to go is wow. that what's happening? Yep. Wow. So we're up against right. it. Uh, America.ca slash support because it's important. Check out all the stuff in the show notes. Review the show. Share the show. America.ca slash chats. All that shit. Uh, thanks for listening, guys. You guys really do uh, You guys really do make it fun. America, uh, sorry, no, I'll quit with the support link. Have a good weekend. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.
silver steel.